Welcome to Two for None, your favourite cricket podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen, and in fantastic news, my delightful co-host, is he here? Is he alive? CTB, how are you, sir? You're back. I'm back. I'm back, Pat. Uh, Did you see the light from the end of the long walk, Chris, the long race? Was there uh, the light in the pavilion? I've got to be honest with you, mate. I was on the brink of death. <laughs> and... You mentioned light, but it was nothing but darkness. Uh, darkness oh. for the sinful life that I have lived. I was told there was light, but it was reserved for more deserving souls than myself. <laughs> I said, well, bugger that. Bugger that. I better not be done. I better go and do some good work and come back, do some good work <laughs> so I can get to the light eventually. Not now, but eventually. So I'm starting with this podcast right now. So this will be some of my best work today, Pat. Some wow. of my best work. Wow. Chris, you know what? I'm I'm really pleased to hear that. I must admit, mate, doing a, a little mini pod without you was uh was just not the same. Um and I and I found myself going, gosh, I hope he pulls through. You know, for a while there I was thinking about snatching the glory for myself, you know, like like just maybe trying to hit a hundred on my little own, hold the innings together. But I realized <laughs> that um I uh I like Langer to Hayden I, uh, I needed you out there, Chris. I'm very pleased to have you back, mate. Good to hear that you're doing well. Um, big show today, mate. Big show. Always mm. a big show on mm. Two for None. Um, but we're going we're gonna to touch on the, the recent ODIs that have been happening with Australia versus India, mm. um, which has been a fantastic victory for the Australian women's team, which has been excellent. And then we've got to get into the controversy, the ups, the downs, and ultimately the loss that the Australian men's team suffered at the hands of a rampaging South Africa led by Kagisa Rabada and A.B. de Villiers. Not sure if you've heard of this A.B. de Villiers bloke before CTB, but it turns out he can play. Ah, but de Williams, no. Um, <laughs> who is that? No, I, I'm well aware of the uh, the uh, efforts of A.B. de Villiers. He is one of South, Af- South Africa's great sportsmen um, of all time. Um, and, you know, just as some people were saying, potentially he was on the decline, um, he is very much on the incline, it seems. Um, Mate, you know, and we know we'll get there and we'll, we'll talk more about AB, but I did want to mention right here, right now, that he has not scored 103 years. And the way that he played, you would have thought that he's just been like smashing out test hundreds every day. Mm, um, test mm. hundreds, that is. I mean, just outrageous. Um, but CTB, let's let's turn our attention to, to the women's game just quickly, shall we? Yeah. Um, and... Wasn't it wonderful to see Nicole Bolton at the top of the innings, just freewheeling with the willow, scoring 84 off 88? Um, spectacular stuff. Well, look, was there any doubt? Uh, you know, <laughs> Nicole Bolton, uh, as a, you know, as we said before in earlier episodes, she is just a master craftsman, knows how to build a uh, limited overs innings. Um, great to see her doing fantastically well. And, um, I mean, what an opening pair of uh, Bolton and Heal. Yeah. I mean, followed up with uh, Langing, <laughs> Meg Lanning and um, Elise Perry in middle order. I mean, that's just ridiculous. 
Um, and worthwhile pointing out that Beth Mooney, while she spent her entire career in the in the Big Bash, um, opening the batting for the Heat, came in at sort of six, seven down the order, yeah. and scored a cheeky fifty six. Yeah, what versatility! Yeah, no, she's a phenomenal, uh, uh, phenomenally versatile uh, player, is Beth Mooney, um, and uh, it's a very strong uh, Australian women's side that we have going around at the moment. Really is, mate. And I think I think we really have to say that the the WBBL has played such a role in that. You know like, mm. that it's really elevated the women's game. It's, it's obviously added so much to our national side that they seem to be sort of leagues ahead of of the other women's teams kicking around. Um, I think it's at this point that we usually get down on our knees to the uh, the statue that we've erected in the uh, the backyard of Two for None and uh, pray to the great Elise Perry mm. and thank her for her deliverance and and her guidance. Um, sure. You know, for <laughs> 70 off 70s, four sixes, two... Sorry, four, six fours, two sixes. Um, just absolutely killed it. I mean, what... A, a nine for 287 in... In a 50-over game, pretty great work. The Indian side, meanwhile, pretty much got dismantled. There was a pretty good partnership at the top of the innings, but um, our spinners did the job on them. Jesse Hansen um, got three for 51, so pretty solid there. She had also had a great WBBL season, CTB. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's a very uh, very strong, uh, as we said, very strong lineup, and um, a lot of versatility really all over the park. I mean, um, you know, there's uh, you know spin and pace and um, all those sorts of things uh, in the Australian women's side at the moment that just make such a deadly force in the short format of the game um, and, and, and really a, a pleasure to observe. To, pleasure to observe indeed, mate. Now, lots of people can do quite a bit both sides. I think they one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven bowlers um, used in mm. the game, and nearly everyone everyone picked up a wicket, which is pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Um, and again, the great Elise Perry two for forty one. I mean, how just as beautiful would it be to be able to have someone like that in your side? Yeah, phenomenal stuff. Well, just so many different options too that you can you know that you can just toss the ball and and uh, if something's not working. I mean, it's a bit like um, a Swiss Army knife at the moment, that, that attack. Um, yeah. There's just so many different things that you can do with it. And also great to see the cap and the skipper Meg Lanning back in Aussie colours, mm-hmm. CTB. Only got 24 or 43, but by all accounts looked really good. Um, and it's just great to have her back in the side. Adds that, that clear head and provides, you know, a bit more of a steady arm at points while other players around her can, can really hit out um, Alyssa Healy and Elise Perry I'm looking at you uh, so yeah like like we said mate a really really well balanced side so very pleased for the women's team there I'm not sure where their next game is but at the rate they're going they're going to be tough to beat by any team worldwide to be honest yeah absolutely uh, looking very strong at the moment um, although I, I don't believe they're currently ranked number one in the world at the moment I think that goes to the New Zealand New Zealanders so it's nice to have someone to chase Pat Always better to have someone to chase, Chris, than sitting on the top getting fat on your laurels, which is what I've been doing over here in Sydney. Just mainly not having any laurels, just getting yeah, fat. Yeah, <laughs> I was say. Um, but good for you. Good self-image. That's, uh, hey, nice. look, 
Living the dream, CTB. Living the dream. Uh, speaking of living the dream, uh, let's let's turn our attention to the uh, the men's game, mate. Let's mm. let's rock into this test match, shall we? Um, because it was an absolute barnstormer. There was just exceptional bowling from the South Africans. Some pretty gritty knocks from a couple of the Aussies, um, and AB de Villiers put on a complete masterclass. CTB. Let's let's have a look at it from the top. Australians batted first. Um, Bancroft and Warner looked all right at the top of the dig. Mate, what have you felt about that as an opening partnership in this last two tests? It's really interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, uh, Bancroft made, a, I think it was a 50 in the last test match. Um, yeah, second innings. And one of my... Uh, uh, colleagues that I was having a conversation with said that is the worst 50 and the most inconvenient 50 uh, of all time and I said oh why is that and he said because he wants to see Bancroft dropped um, and um, and have him go back to Shield to make some runs um, and by making by eking out 50 uh, that guaranteed him a spot in, the, in, in this game um, he must be starting to feel a bit hot under the collar, though, because both Joey Burns and Matt Renshaw mm. have been making some serious runs in the shield. I mean, he kind of does need a score of some magnitude pretty soon. Look, he's, de- he's certainly been serviceable, and I think um, people kind of forget um, just how strong his open opening to the uh, shield season was. Um, True. So I think, you know, and... and or, Quite often, we're very critical of national selectors for not sticking with debutante players long enough. Um, you, know, you know, maybe throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So the fact that he has been serviceable under difficult conditions, um, you know, is is probably something still to hang your hat on. Um, would it be nice for him to come out and score a big, dirty, fat one? Absolutely, and and I think he'd probably be feeling the same way as well. Um, but he seems like the kind of guy who whose personality alone adds value to um, any squad. So, look, I think you know I don't think you're going to uh, barring disaster in the third test match. I don't think at this late stage um, he'll be replaced in the side. No, I I highly doubt it as well. Um, but it was, I mean, look, he did make thirty eight. 38 off 91, six fours. So that, that's a that's a tidy knock. Um, we do need a little bit more out of him than that. It was great to see Davey Warner get a half century, um, 63 off 100. But after mm. that, mate, it really did fall apart and, and quite rapidly. Um, you know, Smith 25, Marsh 24. Mitchell Marsh, apparently, CTB, was about as sick as you, my dear right. man, um, and was terribly ill, was unable to sort of bat in his normal position and didn't take the field at the end of day one. Mm. Um, so it was not in a great way, mm-hmm. Mitch. But from there, mate, it was just the Rabada show. Yeah. And I must have watched those highlights about 15 times because he was just a cut above. I mean... And, and clever too, CTB, you know, like he can really can shift the ball both ways at pace through the air and off the pitch. He's a really devastating prospect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, clearly a really special talent um, and someone that, you know, I think we're going to be watching for the next 10 years. Um, you know, his test average at the moment is something uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, 20, I believe 21 and a half I think there are thereabouts 21.45 yeah you know with um, with best bowling figures of a 7 for um, I mean you know he, he is um, something really special uh, I think we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Rabada later on 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's mm-hmm. um, the only thing that seems to be um, uh, right now. I'd say he's the infamous Rabada um, rather than the the famous Rabada, uh, which I think will we will eventually see that that reputation take the four eventually, but probably not the one that's following him around at the moment. Um, but I uh, look, I thought the other thing as well um, in terms of some positives um from the australians i thought we bowled okay you know there were um, for most of the south african innings um i think we had them uh uh, at around six for 183 and then seven for 227 so you know we despite the fact that we didn't bat that well we gave ourselves a chance in the game where the thing really got turned on its head um i thought was those last couple of wickets. I mean, obviously, as we said, AB de Villiers bowled extremely well. Sorry, but, uh, batted, I should say batted extremely well for his 126, um, uh, not out. Um, but we know that AB de Villiers is a class batsman. You know, where I think yeah. Australia lost this test match was by allowing uh, Vernon Philander to get 36. And then, um, I mean, we know Vernon Philander can bat a bit. So, no real, not so much of a surprise there. But um, allowing Maharaj to get off the chain and score 30 valuable runs um, at almost the runner ball um, is uh, pretty unacceptable, I would have thought. Um, yeah. And that's ultimately, I think, what cost Australia a test match um, because they, they go in... Um, you know, to the to the second dig, I think about 139 runs behind, um, and uh, leaving South Africa with not much to chase. So that sort of patch in the game where South Africa was seven down, you know, if you knock over those three wickets quickly, fantastic. You know, we have a relatively even contest, but the fact that they allowed the tail to wag and bat alongside AB de Villiers, full credit to South Africa, um, and it's something that I think Australia will be talking about moving into the third test. Yeah, it was definitely a problem, CTB. And, and there was, you know, to be fair, there was collapses for both teams in both innings. You know, like, Rabada comes in and, you know, when, when Smith, like, Sean Marsh and Tim Payne aren't looking too badly, you know, they're, they're at the crease. It's five for 166. Things are sort of clocking along. And then all of a sudden we go, you know, six for 170, seven for 170, eight, nine for 212. So, you know, like those quick wickets one after another, they can they can really tear an innings apart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, when you, I mean, uh, obviously a bit, of, a bit of some lusty blows from Nathan Lyon um, and 10 valuable runs from Josh Hazelwood. But, um, you know, when the middle order um, isn't making runs and, and look, they all got starts, didn't they? Smith 25. Marsh yeah. 24, um, it's a short Marsh that is, and Tim Payne 36. And look, I think we can excuse um, Mitch Marsh on this occasion. Um, yeah. But when the middle order doesn't get on with it, um, you, you know, you really need the tail. You're then relying on the tail to to make some runs. And um, that, well, I think, was the difference between the two innings. South Africa had someone who they were able to build around um, and the tail had enough pluck to, to hang around. Um, one of the things... I'll- and, mate, we've got to mention, too, that the Rabada bowled extremely mm. well in that first dig. I mean, it was outrageous. Some of those reverse swinging balls that he got to come back in, especially I'm thinking about the LBW to Smith and the, the, one of the bowls towards the end there against Mitchell Stark was just outrageous. Yeah. Oh, he, like, he, cert- he got that he, ball to 
poor. He certainly bowled extremely well. There's no no doubt about that um, whatsoever. Um, look, and in terms of Australia's bowling in in that first dig, I don't think we, you know, as I said, aside from maybe letting the tail off the hook a little bit, I, I didn't think we bowled that badly. For me, the highlight of the Australian bowling effort, though, would have to be, uh, you know, Mitch Marsh. Um yeah. You know, in the Ashes series, wasn't isn't that great to say, Chris? Oh, just just superb, just linger it? in that for a moment. The highlight of the Australian bowling attack was Mitchell Marsh. You know, ah, oh, and good. the thing is though, you know, in the in the Ashes series, just gone. I mean, he, he obviously batted extraordinarily well, and we were all really pleased for his batting efforts. Um, but it came with the asterisk of well, he wants to be an all rounder, and he didn't bowl. Yeah, he didn't bowl. He didn't take any wickets. Mm. He didn't bowl that well. Um, even though he made 182 and you know did did some wonderful things with the bat, in this Test match series, um, he has batted reasonably well, uh, making 45 in the second dig and and doing some good things in the first innings. Mate, he got a 96 in the first innings of the first That's Test. Right. He's been batting all right. So he's batting reasonably well, and now he's taking a few wickets, and it has taken. Really, since the commencement of uh, Shane Watson's career, a t- test career, mm. and potentially you could argue, uh, you know, that there's been were others before him. Uh, Australia's never had, well, has not had an all-rounder like Mitch Marsh in their test lineup for a very long time. Um, you know, yeah. Shane Watson, uh, I think, was probably unfairly judged a little bit I, I think you know he he was probably shuffled around the batting order too much um and sure. probably should have batted at number six his whole career um been allowed and been allowed to perform the role that mitch marsh is now being allowed to perform himself so you know you're yeah. in there primarily to make runs you you know you're not expected to be the, the savior of the innings if you give us some runs or if you can hang around with the premier batsman that's great and if you can chip in with a couple of handy wickets for short spells, even better. And that's a role he's performing really, really, really well. I think what's going to be interesting to see is what's the next evolution of Mitch Marsh's career. And we've, I think we've already seen a hint of it at Shield level where he's captained Western Australia. Will there be a le- CTP, are you coming on board with JL's call that he could be a future Australian captain? Is, I, is, is that the progression you're seeing? I here? don't know if I'm ready to go that far just yet. Um, that's a, <laughs> You're not ready to go the full that JL. A, that's well, fair. who is other than JL? I mean, <laughs> the, he is uh, he's a special gentleman, um, and I mean that in the in the kind of sense of those words. Um, but uh, I certainly think that um, leadership or maybe a vice captain role, you know, um, sure. um, particularly in the limited form, limited overs format of the game, would suit Mitch Marsh really well. I hope that he can continue his performances up. And, uh, and and become the player uh, or continue to become the player that we know that he is because what we're seeing now is something that we can um, be really pleased with. I completely agree, mate. And and look, he did bowl very well in that second dig. Sorry, in that in that first dig for the South Africans. Um, let's have a look here at this batting card, mate, from the from the Proteas. Uh, Dean Elgar at the top of the innings made a solid fifty-seven. Aidan Markram wasn't able to follow on him from his heroics in the last innings of the previous test and was out for eleven. 
And then, uh, you know, towards the end of the day, they sent in Kagisa Rabada as the night watchman. And bloody hell, he did a good mm. job of that too. Scored 29 off 40. Um, and, and, and again, you're like talking about those lower order runs. He's sure he battled at three true. in this case. But um, that's another example of it where it'd be really nice to be able to rip that guy out. Rip out the nice watchman for, you know, 10 mm-hmm. or 11. Um, but a 30 there is, is a thing. Hashimamla looked good too for 56. But, mate, De Villiers. I mean, so look, he gets this 71 in the first te- um, first test, right? And we thought, oh, yeah, that's some pretty classic De Villiers. He got run out with a bit of a, a mix-up there, and the Aussies were pretty up and about about it. But in this innings, he was an absolute class above. Um, he looked like he was batting on a completely different wicket. You know, like the ramp shot over the slips to get his 100. He played a ridiculous reverse mm. sweep, as well as, like, pumped Paddy Cummins with the ball that was outside off stump, like, way over cow corner. I mean, it's, it's a similar feeling to watching Stephen Smith bat, mm. where you feel like this guy is able to play any shot at any time and is not constrained by the bowler, by no. the pitch, by the ball, by any of that. I mean, he really is a, a freak. I don't even know how else to put it. It was an insane innings, 126 off 146. It was a real outlier. I mean, and don't forget, uh, I, this guy used to be a, a national team captain, you know? This guy, yeah. before um, you know, some injury issues and all that kind of thing, was in the class of Smith, uh, you know, and, and when Michael Clark was in his pomp, um, De Villiers was right there with him, if not a little bit better. Yeah. Now he, this guy, when he's fit, is one of the best batsmen in the world. Um, he is one of the best natural athletes that South Africa has ever produced. Um, you know, they say, uh, you, you know, the old saying, you know, form is uh, temporary, but class is permanent. This is a classy batsman, and, and that's what we saw in, in that first dig. When the chips were down, this is a guy you can count on, and that's why you put him in your side, even though he hadn't made 103 years. I mean, yeah, the way that he bats, you'd be tempted to say, you know, he could make 100 for about 10 years, and you'd still mm. probably give him a run. The only criticism I've heard of De Villiers is that his conversion rate's a little low, um, but it's important to remember that he's played a lot of his test cricket um, as a wicketkeeper mm. um, and maybe didn't have the same opportunities. I mean, imagine if he'd been batting at four since he was about, you know, bloody 20 years old. It'd just be ridiculous. He still has 2,200s at an average of 50.6 with a high score of 278. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, I mean, traditionally, um, uh, keeper batsman, you know, the responsibilities of wicketkeeping tends to have a negative impact on your batting average. So... To be a wicketkeeper and still for, for the majority of your career and still averaging 50 runs, even though a lot of those, you know, um, even though, you know, as you say, you didn't necessarily have a great conversion rate, means that you are pumping out reasonable size scores with yeah. um, with great uh, regularity. Um, and, uh, you know, even though, you know, as, a, as an Australian supporter, it's, I, I don't like seeing getting beat. I do love seeing great batsmen. And great cricketers do great things. And uh, he definitely did that um, in, in this innings. Truly spectacular. And look, Australia has to get him out. Like, if we want to win the next mm-hmm. two tests, like, we've got to get him out. We've got to get him out early. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
Nathan Lyon got him out in the second dig, but I think we've got to get at him with the new ball, CDB. Um, it, it, it was interesting too, mate. Like, Starkey in the last test was so damaging. Um, and he was not really as up and about this one. He, he ended, ended the first innings there with one for 110. Um so a bit of a it's again that thing mate of when Starkey's on and conditions suit him um, we are just you know untouchable on the bowling front but if he has a bad day I mean I'm starting to feel we're relying on him quite a lot in these sorts of situations well I mean look if you look at his economy rate it's about three and a half which isn't isn't terrible and it's it's you know the same as the other uh, the other players in the uh, triumvirate is that triumvirate is that is that it? Um, yeah sure the, the three <laughs> in the axis yeah, of the three pronged attack the triumvirate um, it's it, his economy rate's very similar um, you know he, perhaps it just wasn't as potent this time around um, but if you you know and and Australia's much vaunted pace attack of, of Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins. Well, it can't be just Stark every time. You know, we can't we can't just yeah. have, uh, you know, be, be continually chucking Stark the ball. That being said, you know, I mean, they they, uh, they all got through a, a pretty significant number of overs. So that's another, I mean, and to me, that's, a, that's another uh, uh, feather in South Africa's cap is that uh, they were scoring at roughly three runs and over for, for their innings um, and ground Australia out in difficult conditions they were able to still keep the scoreboard ticking over um, uh, um, but have the the patience not to throw away their, their wickets um, so so look they just about they, when it comes down to it um, the uh, the low order of, of South Africa um, really just outbattled Australia which is something that will need to be addressed absolutely mate and one batter in their top six really stood up and was well supported by Elgar and Amla, but, you know, it, it's again, like we were saying in Australia, you know, you need someone in that first innings in your top six to score mm. a ton. And if, if that doesn't happen, then it's very difficult to make a big enough score to put another team under pressure. And these two sides are so evenly matched. They are so evenly matched. It's what's making this test so bloody enthralling is that these two teams really are neck and neck. And if anything goes slightly wrong for either side, then then that can lead to a loss. Mm. You know, A.B. de Villiers getting run out in the first dig meant that their best batsman wasn't able to make any runs. And and that put Australia in a really commanding position. This time, Rabada runs rampant. and We don't get de Villiers early, and he absolutely puts the sword to mm. it. So... Um, it was. It's. It's really. It's, it comes down to the little things, mate. It's going to be the one. Yeah, and look at. <coughs> and I'll tell you what's. The, I mean, the other thing I think, you know, Australia's second dig, um, Australia's second innings, um, wasn't overly convincing either. Um, but yeah. uh, you know what was great to see was that Usman Khawaja, um, made some runs, um, and was. I thought you'd be happy about that CTB. I thought that would warm the cockles well, of your you know, heart. Yeah. <laughs> The thing about the thing that annoys me, <laughs> there's a lot of sighing going on. Over is there, when mate. people are like, "Oh, Usman can only make runs at home, and yeah, he only makes runs runs at home, and blah blah blah." Well, no, like it, the thing is, at the end of the day, the pitch is 22 yards long wherever you are in the world. You're still defending three stumps wherever you are in the world. It's a red ball albeit there might be a difference between the Duke and the Kookaburra and I understand that 
But like, yeah. the principles of the game remain the same. And if you're class in Australia, you should be class overseas. So that's the the the. the to me, the notion that he, he can't score runs away from home is ridiculous. So um, I was pleased to see that he made a, a really patient 75 uh, when, it was, when it was really required. Um, yeah. You know, again, 11 from Smith, um, not so... Again, a, a one from Sean Marsh. Their form in Australia was terrific, but those two guys, you know, we potentially need to see a little bit more from in the, in the next test match. Um, and and mm-hmm. um, you know obviously we'd like to see some runs from for, for Bang from Bancroft for Bancroft, um, you know and then from Bancroft for Bancroft by, by Bancroft, Bancroft. Bancroft is exactly. what we want to see. Um, you know and then you know we're not I'm not so stressed about uh, the batting performance of the tail in the second innings um, on a you know on a on a uh, aging pitch. Um, and again, like Rabada was getting yeah, that yeah. ball to absolutely talk. I mean, he the ball that bowled Davy Warner was an absolute cracker. Um, the one that got Mitch Marsh was unplayable. I mean, Paddy Cummins nicked off big time. But I mean, he you know what was interesting, mate? Okay, so how's this? To the left hander, right to Sean Marsh. First innings, he brings one right in from way outside. You know what I mean? Big innie comes in and, and traps Soss in front. So Soss is thinking about that in his second innings. So what he does is he brings one in and Soss mm. defends it, thinking I've got this on lock, and then immediately seams the next one yeah. away and he promptly Look. edges off. You know, like he's not only quick and has incredible skills Rabada, but he's got it going on upstairs as well when it comes to a cricketing now so yeah look speak. absolutely look and and clearly anytime um a bowler takes um you know, uh, uh, 11 for uh, 150 you know, uh 150 in a test match he's clearly uh having a really good test match and you know as we said before um He's got a after 20, 28 test matches, which is a fairly twenty eight test matches is a fairly reasonable sample size to have an to have a bowling average of twenty one and a half. As critical as I have been in this podcast of Australia's batting efforts, this is clearly a really special bowler. Um, you know, yeah. and he's twenty two. So he's physically. Can you even remember twenty two? Oh, I like uh, he's fresh as a daisy as well. So. Fresh as a daisy. I believe that I had a ginger afro at 22. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I did not have my life together in the no. slightest. <laughs> uh, I think I only recently learned to catch. And meanwhile, this bloke is just like tearing international batting lineups completely apart, featuring the world's number one and number five yeah. batsmen. Just yeah, so destroying I mean, them. Again, so he's clearly a class batsman. The, it's class bowler, I should say. The interesting thing i think from here is his temperament seems to be the 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 thing that is lacking from his game at the moment um you know you and i spoke off before the podcast about the two incidents that have resulted in him being suspended for um the next two test matches now i've got to say in isolation those two incidents are pretty soft uh Super soft, you know, the softest. Um, I believe he buy plush toys that would be harder than than those two. These, these two incidents were so soft that you could drink a glass of Metamucil and then clean yourself <laughs> up up afterwards with them because they were super soft. But 
you know, as as you and I as I was just outraged with the fact that he was suspended for two games. I mean, way to just way to just rob the series of its potentially of its star. But you know, you, you did outline before that he has had some other disciplinary issues, and that perhaps that these were the yeah. uh, straws that uh, broke the camel's back. So the rules state, and, and I've been doing trying to do a bit of reading on this because I, I found it very confusing, and I was upset and as alarmed as you are, CTB, and I'm sure many of our listeners are as well. But the bowler cannot come into contact with the batsman after a wicket, right? You, you can't do it. It's it's in the laws, and the minimum penalty for it is three points, right? So it's between three and five points depending on the discretion. Um, now, if you get four points, you're banned for a match. Um, so what happened to Rabada was that he's sitting on three, right? He does like runs past Steve Smith. Steve Smith holds his line, and the shirts, their two t-shirts, flick each other. And I don't think it was anything more than that. But Smithy turns to the umpire and like grabs his shirt and like gives him like the fingers as being like, "What was that action?" Rabada, meanwhile, is celebrating. So Jeff Crow, when he looks at that, who's is the the um, match referee, is forced to go. All right, well, that, in terms of where the lot the laws say, he's got to be he's got to be reprimanded for that. He needs to have points put on his record. Minimum I can give him is three. So that bumps him up to being suspended for one game with one point remaining before he gets suspended for another. And then in the second dig, when he bowls David Warner, he infringes again by getting right up into the batsman's face, getting right up in his George Foreman, in his George Foreman grill, that is, and and yelling quite loudly as part of his celebration. Um, the penalty for that being mm. one point. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Rabada over two innings has found himself banned for two tests, the remainder of this series. And as you say, CDB, that we've lost a star um, and a real competitor in the game. I mean, he's going to have to watch his celebrations because um, he, he can't keep doing that. He's going he's gonna to miss more. Yeah, and plays. look, I guarantee you, um, I mean, look, obviously I'm not, on the, I'm not part of the South African cricket team, Um Chris, are you not passing the but, South African cricket team? Um, <laughs> outrageous, I know. Um, but I guarantee you that someone in that setup would have said to him, um, listen, Rabada, mate, you're too valuable to us at the moment. Um, you know, just, you know, you're on three points or whatever. We just need you to not do anything too silly, pull your head in, do all the stuff that you're really good at. Uh, but just rein it in with the celebrations and, and be extra careful because they're looking at you at the moment and w- we can't afford to lose you for the next test match because by the looks of things, Dale Stain is not likely to come back in. Um, Mornay Morkul mm. um, is, you know, f- for form reasons I'm, get- I- I- I'm-, I'm sensing, um, may not come in either. So... Uh, it'll be really interesting to see where the South African attack goes because with Rabada in there, they look amazing. With Rabada out, it's a bit of an unknown quantity because uh, you're going to have to throw, potentially throw the ball to a couple of uh, 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 aging veterans. So, um, Absolutely right, mate. And look, it's not like he doesn't have celebration now, oh, options. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, I... I I would I would point him to Tommy the date yep. current uh, a, a, f- a favorite of this podcast um, for, for you know Tommy's a competitive guy 
Um, he doesn't bowl anywhere. He like Tommy in his dreams, in his wettest of dreams, dreams that he bowls as quick as Rabada does. But suffice to say, that mate does a great celebration. Arms out wide, stretched out, thanking the heavens, and and peels off away from the batsman towards the slips. I heard uh, somebody else saying today that he should go for the full Imran Tahir and um, just run to the boundary and do his celebration there. I mean, I mean, I'm all for that too. Who was it that Stuart McGill was working with recently? Stuart McGill was working with one of the New Zealand spinners. He was, yeah, Ish Sodi, Ish Sodi, and you know who would be perfect to tutor Rabada in the art mm. of mm. safe celebration? Yeah. Stuart McGill. And you know why? Why is that, CTB? Because Stuart McGill only celebrated from the elbows up. <laughs> now, if you only celebrate from the elbows up, you are well and truly expressing your emotion, Absolutely. but you're also well and truly still within your bubble of safety. You're not going to hit anybody. You're probably not going to yell at anybody because, you know, you're not close enough your your elbows actually form a protective barrier so you can't actually get close <laughs> enough to yell at someone in the face i mean it's a great plan ctb it's a great plan you know who else could be worth a call worth getting on the old horn is freddie flintoff you right. know the freddie flintoff celebration of to just stop and stick your arms out to the side and wait for the people to come to you I mean, that's that's a cracker. You can't go yeah. past that. I mean, it's simple. It's easy to do. It's super effective. And you know what else? The crowd love it. They absolutely yeah. love it. The people look forward to absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it conserves energy. Conserves too. energy. It's going to keep you going for that, you know, 28th spell on the last day. I mean, mm. Kikiso, if you're listening, uh, I think it's fair to say Chris and I are big fans. And they're just a couple of little ideas, mate. You can you can work them in, massage them in in your own way. Um you know, I think it's important we mention the lawnmower at this point as well, Chris. Somebody's oh. got to start it. Somebody has to start it. Get down there, start it's her up. The, the, the lawnmower, since Brett Lee's retirement, the lawnmower's just grow, uh, growing cobwebs, mate. Lawns all over the world yeah, are just all, getting yeah, completely yeah. out of control. You know, there's, there's, so many things, there's so many things you could be doing, um, you know, that you don't need to be worried about. You don't need to touch anybody. Just don't touch any. Two things. Don't touch anyone and don't yell at anyone. And then Hey. Easy. I mean, Dale Stane does a big yell every time he gets a wicket, and I'm sure, sure. he's got a couple of disciplinary points on the, on his on his against him over the course of his of his time. Dale's a competitive man, but you know, like he manages to yell and do his guttural Dale scream, veins popping out of his head, and not get points against him, and not have to miss test matches. The the distinction is you can yell, just not at somebody. <laughs> You can actually, you can yell at just not somebody. You can yell at the ground, the heavens. Yeah, the heavens, uh, the You can crowd. yell at the stumps. You can yell at the teammates. Uh, well, that's, well, no, you can yell at the teammates. You can yell at um, the fence post. Oh. You, you can Seagulls. yell at just not somebody. That's Anything. It. Any inanimate object. You have a plethora of things to pick from. Options. Options all over the place. Um, you can yell at Steve Smith's drone that he's just flying around over the ground taking selfies. You know, there's, there's a lot of options. Um, suffice to say, he hasn't taken any of them, mate. But you're, I, I, it's, I, it's absolutely right, CTB. I mean, where South Africa go from here and what their team, their bowling attack looks like in the next test is going to be really different. I, I just really hope, mate, that 
that the series isn't marred because of the fact that Rabat is not there. I really hope the next game is competitive as this one with without his presence. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Well, look, mate, I know that we've got a yarn from Yarpy coming up very soon. What we might do is maybe just make some predictions of our own and yes. then uh, listen to uh, what our good mate Chris Goodrick has to say on the matter. Um, CTB, just to wrap up, Australia made 239 in their second dig, leaving the South Africans a cheeky 100 to make. We got a couple of wickets in the morning there, but they easily got home. As you mentioned, uh, Robida was the man of the match and and well-deserved indeed. Um, so, CTB, as well put. Let's, let's move ahead, shall we? Let's start thinking about this next match, which I believe is in Durban. No, it's in Newlands. Um... Newlands, Newlands, Newlands. Newlands, famously the home ground, CTB, where we uh, may have lost <clears throat> 9 for 40, 10 for 47, I believe. Uh, not that anybody likes to think about that too much. So not not necessarily a, a happy hunting ground for us, mate. But uh, how do you see this thing going down, CTB? What lessons do you think we're going to take out of it? Who's going to get the most runs? Who's going to get the wickets? And who's going to win? Oh, uh, well, look, uh, we're due. Is what, the, is what ten for? We're due for a good one at Newlands. Um, uh, you know what they say about Newlands? Uh, what every they time you go Newlands? there, every time you go there, it's a new land. <laughs> you start anew in the land. So ten for. It's I gone. knew that joke was coming, and I was unable to stop it. <laughs> no, it was a tour de force. Um, uh, no, look, I think we'll be okay. Uh, most runs. Uh, I'm going to back Steve Smith to bounce back. Best batsman in the world. Uh, save for perhaps Vera Colley, but uh, that's a debate for another day. Um, and I think most wickets... Look, tough one. Um, with um, Rabada out, hard to see who else from South Africa is going to do a lot of damage. Vernon Philander hasn't looked that convincing. Um, mm. So I think it's going to be an Australian... Uh, I'm going to say Paddy Cummins for mine. Paddy Cummins. So I'm going with Smith, Cummins, and uh, uh, logic suggests that that will lead to an Australian victory. I love where your head's at, CTB. I love where your head's at. I think that's some some really strong picks, and I hope that comes to fruition. Uh, you know who I'm going to back for the runs? Just 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 thinking outside the box here. So I'm going to back Mitchell Marsh. Um, yeah. How'd you like me now? I, I'm gonna I'm going to back Mitch. I'm cool. just feeling really good, good about him. I think taking a few wickets, he's made a few runs. He's looking pretty good. He got a 96 in the first innings. I think he's in good touch. And um, if Australia ever, you know, we have a couple of early wickets lost and he could find himself in relatively quickly on, on day one and, and might be able to kick on. So I'm going to back him to to get it done, to get it did over there. Great. Um, maybe for the wickets... Just for something different and exciting, because I'm making different picks this time to DB. So I'm going to go for Ngidi, um, who I thought looked pretty good, picked up a couple of wickets against the Australians, and okay. he'll have to step up um, if, he, if Kigiso isn't around. So I'm going to I'm going to back him in um, for the wickets. Uh, I am going to say that the Aussies are going to win because I'm just a patriotic guy, and I think without Without Kigiso in the side, it's going to be hard for him. If Australia can get AB to Villiers early and Dean Elgar doesn't feel like hanging around for 19 days, then then we should win it. Um, we have won Newlands in the past. We have done some really incredible run chases there. 
we've also fallen apart for absolutely nothing. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one to see. Let's hear from our South African correspondent, Chris the Goodman Goodrick, for a yarn from Yapi. I can't wait to hear what he's got in his back pocket here. He was bombastic in his first episode. He was analytical and thoughtful in his second. Who knows what he'll present right now. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Chris, ya- Chris the Goodman Goodrick for a yarn from Yapi. Sonibonani Kunjalo. We are more a good day, Stryer. Stryer. Bloody hell, Paddy. What a test match we just witnessed there, mate. I am one very happy South African. Happy on the one side, but obviously disappointed that uh, Rabada won't be playing the next one. This wonderful music that is coming into your Australian ears is our favourite cricket sound. This is AB de Villiers with Ampi Dupria, Mark Yodroma Vier. Yes, Australia, our favourite cricketing, cricketing son, one of the greatest players to ever play cricket, sings a little Lieliki in Afrikaans. And I thought, what more appropriate time to, you know, play a song. Yeah, let's listen to the chorus again. Here we go. Some bloody song, Patrick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's appropriate to, you know, play a song. Um, if you haven't heard it, Australia, go have a cheeky wee YouTube listen Listen to it. It is music to your ears. All right, Paddy, let's move on to the next test match, mate. I think uh, let's answer the question that's on everybody's mind. Can South Africa win without Rabada? My simple question, yes, absolutely. Um, we have to look back at the recent test series against India. And, um, you know, the Proteus played well. Um, with other bowlers, um, obviously Robada was um, a part of that and, and, and as a bowling unit he performed very well. Um, but you know, Werner Philander took 9 wickets against India in Cape Town and Gidi took 7 in another test match. Um, you know, so I think Robada's really come to form in, against the Aussies and obviously he's going to be sorely missed, um, especially, you know, he bowls well in partnerships and he um, creates a lot of pressure and as a cohesive unit he brings a lot. Um, but I think, you know, I think we're going to win the next test match without him. It's going to obviously be a, a big loss. But um, I think Vernon's going to come right. I think he's really going to bowl well in Cape Town. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, just going on to Cape Town, I think it's a really good a good ground for us. We perform well there. Um, we've got a good track record. It draws a lot of crowds. Um, so uh, the weather's looking really good as well. So I think we will see a result. Five days of, of, uh, of clear weather. Um, and you know obviously being uh, Cape Town you need to bring your own water um, so it's a serious drought over there um, the question of whether I think Roboto was done a little bit unfairly I think maybe yes I think uh, for, for cricket I think it would have been nice to just see him play um, but look you know there are rules out there I think he possibly showed his um, immaturity a little bit he's only 20 years old and even in the press conference I think he was you know, a little bit uh, cocky and, um, you know, maybe he really just needed to sort of step back a wee bit. But, you know, it is a game of sport and I think um, some players, you know, you know, you can sort of lose it in the moment. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's uh, that's where we'll leave it. Uh, obviously, I'm very happy with AB De Villiers. I think he will perform well again, but I think um, the players, I'm going for another South African win. As I said before, I think South Africa is a confidence-based team. They've got their, their tails up. I think Amla's going to come right. I think uh, it's it, it's it's time. He's due. I think we're going to see a nice 100 from him. I think De Kock will sort, score some runs as well. Um, but yeah, that's about it from me, Paddy. Um, so Australia, tie the kangaroo down, mate. Bloody get that message, get her to pour you a nice bloody Bundaberg and bloody lime and ice and sit back, relax, mate. See you later, Paddy. And thank you very much to Chris Goodrick for another excellent yarn from Yarpy. What a legend. Great to have him on board. Um, CTB, any final thoughts from you, sir, before we sign out of here? Uh, yeah, mate. Uh, look, if you haven't uh, uh, done already, please get your flu vaccinations this year. Uh Oh, yeah, your terrible illness. Public Holy moly. service announcement. It's a shocker. It's a shocker. Goodness. So, um, Goodness. Get to, get, have your ginger tea, get your garlic supplements <laughs> in, or just eat raw garlic. Whatever. I don't mind. Whatever you need to do. Um, do all that. Look after yourself. Put your jumper on when you're cold, because the flu <laughs> this season, take it from me, um, is terrible. And bad. The only good thing, Pat, is that um, I am probably the lightest I have been in about two years. Um, jumped oh, on wow. the scales this morning and thought, well, that was pretty good. That's not a bad number. <laughs> That's a little lower than I thought. Um, so, you know, I've done the old flu <laughs> diet. Like so, w- but I wouldn't suggest yeah, the flu it. Diet, I think good. diet and exercise is probably still a much more pleasant way to go. Uh, that is that is quite impressive, CTB. Nothing like sweating in bed for a week to really just just drop those kgs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just just drop them down. I wonder if Dougie Dougie Bollinger contemplated that towards the end of his career <laughs> in order to get himself an extra couple of miles. Uh, you know, it'd be worth the thought. Uh, for me, though, CTB, I'm going to go and get my flu shot now, mate, because you've really put the uh, the fear of God in me, so to speak. Um, but, mate, in all honesty, I am very pleased you're okay. I'm very pleased you're back and ready to rumble. Um, for me, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ready, get get your flu shots in, folks, and um, make sure you tune in and stay up late and watch the cricket all night because what this is next test is just gonna be an absolute ripper. So make sure you tune in for it, folks. Catch it where you can, and we will be back after this next test um, to wrap it all up, review the next one, and get all our ducks in the proverbial row. Chris Barty, thank you very much, sir. Thank you for your time. I'll see you in about all 10, 15 days, something like that. Sounds good. Thanks, Paddy. Look forward to it, brother. Thanks, mate. Cheers, and go those Aussies.